Hi, welcome to The Breakdown. This is James Sayer, and this is episode one of season two of The Breakdown, and it's all about the certification of U.S. presidential electors set for January 6th, this coming Wednesday. And we're going to talk all about it today on The Breakdown. So let's get started. So first of all, January 6th, Congress, in a joint session between the House of Representatives and the Senate, is set to meet and certify the electors for the U.S. presidential election. Now, they should, according to state law, select the electors that were certified by the state. They're actually by the states. They're actually required by federal election law to certify the electors that were certified by the state governments. Uh, that being said, there are still uh, about a dozen uh, Republican senators and perhaps as many as 140, perhaps even more GOP Congress people who claim that they are going to oppose the certification of Biden's electors uh, when they meet on, on Wednesday, January 6th. Um, so what happens from that? If, if these people um, pro, you know, refuse to acknowledge that uh, Biden's electors are legitimate, well, what happens basically is it just takes one, one uh, congressman from the House and one senator uh, from the Senate um, to object. And um, basically what happens is uh, the joint session breaks up and the House convenes and the Senate convenes and they can debate uh, basically however two, they have two hours basically to debate for every state that is contested um, by the senators and uh, Congress people. So depending on uh, how many, uh, how many uh, states are uh, rejected by the uh, uh, various Republican senators and Congress people will determine how many how many states are debated, how many hours of debate will take place in the House and Senate. So that it could what it potentially is going to do is really draw out the the uh, the whole electoral certification process, which is technically and normally a very quick and fairly simple, straightforward ceremonial process. But they can draw this out with extended debate for a number of hours, um, arguing the case. But in the end. They are required by law to certify those those electors that were certified by the state government. So ultimately, they're required by law to certify Biden's electors. Uh, so ultimately, most of this really is just a lot of political theater, primarily done by uh, you know these these uh, Republican uh, senators and Congress people to placate their supporters, particularly the most uh, you know fervent and extreme of the Trump supporters that, that want Trump to overthrow the results of the election and that they're, they're willing to take these kind of measures to, uh, to try and find some way to overthrow the results, overturn the results of, of Biden's election. Uh, but there's virtually no chance of this happening. I'm not going to say it's not impossible. There is a very small probability it could occur that they could find some way to cast the whole process into doubt. Uh, but really, there's just not enough support. There's too much support uh, for certifying Biden's electors in both the Senate and and the House of Representatives. So ultimately, they will certify uh, Biden's electors and he will be the next president of the United States. Now, should there be some type of shenanigans, right? There have been some people, uh, you know, encouraging like Vice President Pence not to recognize uh, Biden's electors. 
but he's he's already acknowledged that he's he's not willing to do that. That's exceeding his constitutional authority. Uh, he's to preside over the you know over the ceremony and over the uh, the proceedings. And uh, he is to uh, his role is is includes introducing all papers uh, purporting to be electoral votes, um, and uh, and and officiating in uh, you know presiding over the, the the congressional debates that take place. Um, should they have to break out of their joint session and have these debates, which seems likely they will. Uh, but but that's that's about the limit to his role. If he tries to do much beyond that, or tries Pence tries to find uh, some way to invalidate Biden's electoral votes, he's going to be exceeding his constitutional authority. And there's uh, from what we're seeing from from most Congress people and senators, they're not going to support that. That that's that's just a, a bridge too far. Now that being said, who knows, right? Who knows what what people might try and. And what might happen? There's always that small probability. But the bottom line is this: is that Biden should be president on uh, inaugurated on on January 20th. And if he's not, this country ceases to be democratic. This country would cease to be a constitutional republic and would become a dictatorship under President Trump. It would become a totalitarian state under President Trump. Three hundred and what? Three hundred and thirty-five million plus people under the dictatorship of President Trump. And that's not going to happen because there's there's too much support in Congress for doing their duty. And while there's sadly too, there are far too many people willing to entertain these fantasies of electoral fraud that have not taken place, right? Uh, that there's still far too much support within Congress for the objective reality that these these votes have been certified by the state. And there have been recounts, numerous recounts, and there have been somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 60 challenges by Trump thrown out from the courts. This is a done deal. Okay, this is over. And uh, to, to deny Biden the presidency is to end the democratic experiment of the United States. And it's a, that's, that's the potential for the disillusion of our country. That is not anything any rational American wants or any moral person, moral American wants. Okay. There are some people, some unhinged people and some, uh, you know, morally questionable people that might be okay with that and maybe wanting to instigate, instigate that, but that there aren't enough of them. Not yet, not in Congress. And that gets us to the next point is that there's not that great a danger that Biden won't be president. The likelihood that he won't be inaugurated is extremely small. It's a virtual near impossibility. Now, not saying it's not impossible. Something weird could happen, something treacherous, absolutely. But that, that probability is very minute. The bigger issue is the next election in 2022 or 2024, right? If there are enough people in the Republican Party that are willing to pretend there's fraud when there isn't, when they're willing to ignore hard evidence over baseless conspiracy theories, and if they're able to find ways to get more people to believe in that or to get, <clears throat> get in place state election officials that are willing to disobey the laws and not certify the, the official votes of the voters, 
that's that's the greater potential is that down already what we're seeing is a concerted campaign by Trump and many in the GOP, not everyone, but many in the GOP to get people to believe that two plus two is three, that there was fraud when there was no fraud, right? That the most fraudulent activities we've seen have been from the Republican Party itself, from their efforts to defraud 81 million voters, their right, right? The voters that voted for Biden, their right to have their president take office on January 20th, Okay. It's the next election. We have to protect our democratic institutions, which means we need to make all types of reforms once Biden takes 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 his um, takes the Oval Office on the twentieth. We've got to make sure that Congress enacts all types of important reforms to make sure that <clears throat> this doesn't happen again. Because the next time it could be worse. We could have someone more disciplined and smarter than Trump, someone more ruthless, more cunning, and more dangerous. And that's, that's the greater danger is that, that this group of people in our country that's willing to try and lie, lie their way to overturn the elections and, and, and create all these frivolous, fraudulent lawsuits to try and overturn the will of the voters, that they will find a way to confuse and manipulate voters into supporting unconstitutional acts, right? Or finding ways to suppress right, the will of the voters and su suppress voter turnout or find ways to, to, uh, to, to reject certain, certain ballots over others, right? There's lots of reforms that are going to need to be done. We're going to have to ha require all presidents, presidential candidates release their tax returns. That's a basic thing. That's going to have to change, all right? Congress is going to have to, they're going to have to en enhance their congressional subpoena powers to make sure that people they subpoena show up and testify. And if they don't, that they're held accountable appropriately, all right? There needs to be universal voter registration. So if you're an adult, you're, you're automatically registered to vote unless you're, you know, a felon or something like that. And, and that, that if you are a felon, once your time is served, you're put back on the voter, voter rolls again automatically, right, as part of universal registration. And that, that election day becomes a holiday so that people are, are free to go vote, and that we expand mail-in voting so it's just that much easier for everyone to, to vote and to not even have to go to the polls. You wouldn't have to go. You just fill out the ballot and, and mail it back in. And you got a nice paper trail there with your signature on it, all with the ballot. Okay? And uh, also we need much better voting equipment and better staff to make the whole thing work more efficiently and, and securely. And we need, we need to make sure that there are reforms that eliminate any partisan interference in state elections to make sure that state election officials are allowed to do their jobs professionally and, impar and impartially without, without threats of violence or coercion, um, and, and that they're able to do their jobs ethically um, without, without being molested or threatened, all right? And also that uh, we need to update the Electoral Count Act to ensure um, that we, we protect against um, the rejection of properly certified electoral votes to make sure that that's that there's no possibility that that could ever happen, right? And that for um, to to spec better specify like the vice president's role in the proceedings, uh, any vagueness in our ele election laws, we need to become make much more specific about how the process is supposed to go. So there's no question about 
uh, what's going to happen or what the, the processes are and to close out all the loopholes that unscrupulous people might try and use to overturn the democratic vote of the people, right? Now, a lot of people have talked about, you know, let's get rid of the electoral college. And in a lot of ways, I support that idea. I think I, I, I understand why it exists and why people in a lot of red states like having the electoral college. It gives them an electoral advantage, electoral advantage they wouldn't have otherwise, since they're at a disadvantage numerically, population-wise, compared to uh, a lot of the, the more urban areas in the blue states. Um, so I, I, under, I understand that the, and I understand wanting to get rid of it, right? Because it, inter, it interferes with the principle of one person, one vote. The problem is, is there's, there's just not enough support in the red states to be able to, to have a constitutional amendment pass in Congress, to be able for that to happen. There's just not nearly enough support. Those, those red states aren't going to be willing to give up that electoral power. So it's just not going to happen. You know, but there are other things that we can do to protect our democracy and to and to protect our votes. And we need to make sure that we do that now. Also, separately, but related to all this is on this on this day, on the 6th, on Wednesday, January 6th. Right. Trump supporters, Proud Boys, um, Google Boys, who else? Um, a lot of far right protesters going to turn out, turn out uh, in D.C. and other other cities as well to uh, protest the certification of Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States. Right. So they're going to do this. This is my one thing I really cannot possibly overstate that I'm going to say to all progressives out there, do not go to these protests. Do not go to counter protest. Do not go to shame them or yell at them or throw stuff at them. Stay away from these protest. Let them exercise their First Amendment rights. Okay, They're going to be saying and doing a lot of outrageous stuff, which is why they want to do. A lot of them are going there just to be make a statement, right? Let them make their statement. Let them exercise their First Amendment rights, right? Some of those folks, though, will want, they want an instigation of violence. Don't give them the excuse, right? Do not do not give them the excuse, do not incite violence, and do not put yourself in a situation where your presence there could, could allow for the incitement of violence, okay? Don't go anywhere near it. Stay out of it. Let them have their day. Let them have their day of protest, okay? Just do something else. Watch TV. Play with your kids. Go do something else. Read a book. If you're worried that they're going to try and do something crazy in your neighborhood or something like that, and you want to be at the ready, fine. I totally get it. Definitely do that. Be at the ready. But let them do their stuff. All right. I, some of these folks are racist. Oh, you know, they're not all like all right wing people are not racist. Okay. But some of these folks that are going to these protests are. Yeah, definitely. And they're not even that ashamed of it. True. Right. And you're right to despise their views. You're absolutely right doesn't change the fact they have a right to hold them and they have a right to march. Let them march, let them protest, leave them be and take this advice that I give you now and apply it moving forward. Okay. This is part of the problem that we, that the left has had is that they're, you know, they're rightly disgusted, right. With, 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 with those who espouse racist views. Okay. 
but they're wrong to interfere with these people's right to march and protest. Okay, wherever they go, right? Just let them. Just let them march. Just let them show up in their capes and their hoods and whatever, saying whatever nonsense they want to say. Okay, let them. Let them have. They have a right to spew whatever nonsense they want, right? If it's part of like a legal march, if it's part of a legal peaceful protest, right? Now, I don't support people coming to guns with protests. I consider that, you know, more a form of political intimidation, right? Skirting the line, right? And pushing closely up against, you know, yeah, it definitely is, is more of a... T- a a tactic of intimidation. And when, when folks start showing up at like elected officials houses with automatic weapons or, or semi-automatic, you know, assault style weapons, that's not, that's not a protest. That is, that's political intimidation. And that in fact is a form of terrorism where you're, if you're showing up at somebody's property with weapons. That is a form of terrorism. Let's just be honest about that. Okay. So, um, the bottom line is this, let them have their day. Okay. Don't give them an excuse for unrest. I mean, if I was Trump, I'd be looking for any excuse, any excuse I could to declare martial law or all types of emergency powers, right. To deal with some, some sort of, you know, fake trumped up unrest, right. Or something, you know, blown way out of proportion. Right. So just don't, don't give him the excuse. Don't, don't feed the fuel. Don't feed the fuel that, that you, and you do when, when you counter protest, when you're yelling back at them, when you're trying to shout them down. All right. Uh, when you're trying to argue with, with these protesters, right. And end up getting in fights with them. Right. And doing all this stuff that happens. No, no one wins. No one gets, it's not like you convince any of them. It's not like you, you know, won any of them over. And it's not like you've won the debate, right? Almost half the country is still with Trump. So that tactic has not worked. It has not convinced people. So stop it. All right. Learn, learn from what works and what doesn't, that doesn't work. So just let them go. Let them march. Let them be. They have a right to say whatever they want in their march. Let them have their day. And then they'll go home. They'll go home. Once Biden is certified as the, as the, to be this 46th president of the United States, they're going to go home eventually. They're going to throw a fit. They're going to make noise. You know, they might shoot off some guns. You know, who knows what they might do. They might try and blow a few things up or let them, let them do what they're going to do. All right. And let the police manage them. All right. Like I said, if you want to try and be safe, you're worried about your neighborhood. I totally make sure people want to just be uh, on alert as citizens. It's not a bad idea, but just stay away from these protests. You got no business being there. Let these folks do their thing. Let Congress do their job and certify Joe Biden as president. All right. So just keep the faith. Keep the faith. We've been tested. All right. We just have to make sure that we don't, we make the changes we need to make so that this doesn't, this doesn't happen again. All right. That. This was a mistake, and Trump has actually done us a favor. He's done us a favor in that he's shown us our weaknesses of our institutions and the weaknesses of our society, the, 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 the things like racism that haven't been properly faced and dealt with, and the problems with like economic inequality, which, you know, which he spoke to. I mean, he didn't really help very much with that at all, but he spoke to it. 
right? And spoke to the people who have been disaffected and who have been left behind. We've got to do a much better job about looking out for those people, right? It's been a good lesson from all of this, all right? So let us take the lessons from this and let us be smart and, and just let the process work, all right? But we do need to have better laws in place to make sure this doesn't happen again. So, anyway, that's it for this episode of The Breakdown. Um, on our, our next episode, we're actually going to talk about human consciousness. You know, people talk about it a lot, but what is it really? There's actually, we don't know a whole lot about it. So, this is going to be actually really interesting. What is human consciousness? We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about free will, the idea of an individual independent free will. And most of us think we have one. Do we? Do we have one? And does it matter? <laughs> so we're going to get into all of that, right? That should be pretty interesting. We're going to get into it and we're going to, we're going to get to the bottom of all of it on the next episode of The Breakdown. So in the meantime, I'll just say, just hold fast, keep the faith, and our democracy will prevail. Until the next time, take care.